Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. Okay, we are here with the Tanners, David and Stephanie. Uh, exciting. They let us in. Glad to have you here. So good to be here. And uh, with me is uh, Brother Frederick and Brother Diener. Um, so we have the five of us at the kitchen table here in this beautiful home on this beautiful, almost summer day. Mm-hmm. It's still not summer and it's going to be 100 degrees. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, thanks for having us and we're excited to, to get to know the Tanners better. I think this is a, a, a fun opportunity for everybody to learn lots of new things. <laughs> and I have a feeling there's going to be new things learned. Um, so why don't we start, Stephanie, with you. Why don't you tell, uh, tell us about you know, where you're born and your early years and all the fun stuff. Like my Christmas lists and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We want to know what made Stephanie. I've been waiting for someone to ask. Let's see. Well, so I'm born in Las Vegas. Beautiful, beautiful place, isn't it? Doesn't everybody just think, wow, I want to be in Vegas. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Especially right now. (laughs) Sarcasm emoji. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, so actually it was a great place to grow up. Um, My parents were transplants from Utah, Idaho. And um, and so we were kind of raised with like this, this Shangri-La feeling about Utah and Idaho, very much so. But I'd get on my bike and drive through the asphalt jungle past the smell of the Chinese restaurant to warehouse records where I could flip through the 45s. I mean, really, that is a great childhood. Wow. The 45s. <laughs> anyway, no, I have six, uh, there's six of us. I have four brothers and one sister. Awesome. And, um, and I just had a really great, a great time growing up in Vegas. How old were you when you left? I went to BYU. Oh. So that was my official leaving, and I never quite went back. I would never, my, I have two brothers still there, but I would never want to live there. But it was a great, it, and I think the best thing about it too was just that immediate contrast. I mean, we actually Mm. were just two miles away from the strip, and my dad was the bishop. So people would go and lose their shirts on the strip, and then try to find the local bishop. Oh, wow. And so people would knock on our door all the time and just ask for help. And my dad would come up with some kind of job that they could do and try to feel them out, make sure they're not going to go right back to the gambling tables. And I mean, it was just a really weird. What job did he have? What brought him to Vegas? My dad was an entrepreneur. He just sort of, he was a really buoyant guy. Um, He started new businesses about every three years. So it was kind of feast or famine, you know, (laughs) but um, he'd get an idea and raise the capital and, you know, push products or sell real estate, or he just kind of did a lot of stuff in the stock market. And anyway, um, just a a really positive thinker, go-getter, fun, super charming. That's where you get all this from. I don't know about that, but he was, (laughs) I would hopefully some bit ripped off because I really love my dad, really Mm. admire him. And my mom, um, my mom was just a super intensely grit, hard worker. 
and took in everybody. It was very generous. So we had lots of people who lived with us, um, kind of new immigrants. There was a homeless dude who ate at our, I'd get up for high school and there'd be a homeless guy that who used mm. to eat there three or four times a week. And so I was, <laughs> anyway. That's great. This was so wild, <laughs> you know. Then I worked as a showgirl for a while so I could pay my tuition yeah. at BYU. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> she still has feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, this was still everything. No, of course I didn't work as a showgirl. Anyway, but went to BYU, served a mission in Uruguay. And um, five of my six siblings all went Spanish speaking. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then the sixth one went to Australia. So anyway, and um, fun. yeah, it's fun. We can all speak talk Spanish. To each other. Mm -hmm. And um, where'd you study at BYU? Film. Film. Yeah. Okay. I did. did not know that. I did. I, so after my mission and graduation, I ran a little film company for about 15 years with two of my friends. And we just traveled a ton. And I, my, our bread and butter was kind of oral history interviews, actually. Hmm. And, um, oh. yeah. So, so you should be doing this. No, no. You do a great job, Tyler. No. You have. <laughs> you do a great job. In fact, why don't you take over? No. Have you interviewed no. Dave? We're done, boys. No, no. <laughs> that Elder's Quorum charm cannot be replaced. So, so anyway. movie or uh, film. And so how did you monetize that? <laughs> well... I grew up like feast or famine, right? Okay, so, I was kind so yeah. Of used to that, and um, so I would travel a ton, but I never really had extra money. So like, I'd find myself in China with not enough money to go see the Great Wall, <laughs> you know. But I got to hang out with people in these little, you know, traditional homes or, and and visit with locals because when you say you're doing a documentary about something, people will let you in no matter where. So I've been a lot. Anyway, it was fun. It was a really fun way to make a living. And, and it, there was only me, right? So I didn't, mm. I didn't have any dependents and didn't have any insurance, but it was really fun. It was oh, great. So I did that for 15 years. And I did a lot of research and development and writing because you're always fundraising when you're doing documentary stuff. Did you yeah. marry during no. that time? And then after 15 years, I finally met the right guy. So, yeah, so I was 36 when David and I got married. Yeah, I was 40. I thought you were 36 now. Oh, well, I Shucks. am. Yeah, the kids are adopted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got someone that looked just like you. That was like you. <laughs> I know. You had to pay extra for that. <laughs> so, David, give us yeah. the, the so same story the on your side. On my Up side. to this point. Up to this point. Yeah. How you met? Well, I never thought I would be back in this area. I grew up in Holiday, and I went to Churchill and Skyline. Oh, wow. Um, mm. And this was the farthest thing from my mind. I thought I'd settle down in Oregon or the Northeast, Boston area. But I've loved it. I'm so glad we're here. But I grew up um, in the, I'm, I'm the talent of the baby boomers. JFK died about a month after I was born. My mom saw him, she left me in the car downtown alone. This was before DCFS. Yeah. And um, she- And seatbelts, you weren't in a seatbelt. She still gets kind of swoony talking about his hair blowing in the wind as he drove down Main Street in Salt Lake or State Street, yeah. But um, we were like the Brady's. I've got three sisters and two brothers. Um, and it was beautiful. I love my parents, they were great. Where was your family home? Um, just down Skyline. on holiday. Okay. Yeah. Just down in Holiday. On Manaloa. On Manaloa. Yeah. So what state was that? Gorgeous. Uh, holiday South. 
holiday south yeah so um i'm sure that'll connect with somebody that listens to this and they're going to talk to you about that yeah yeah but it was it was great um great growing up we had so much fun we'd spend summers we'd go to del mar california to the beach and um or up to colder bay um up in the tetons and like Powell, i mean it was just magical life was life was good my parents just loved us like crazy. Well, they spoiled him terribly. They well, call him the fine boy. They yeah. probably still do. Because when he was little, she would say in her journal, and David was so well behaved. He's such a fine boy. It doesn't, that well, doesn't, we can cut that out. I'm sorry. I mean, no, that, <laughs> no, that, 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 she's that still doesn't surprise that. anybody. Know, yeah. such a good man. No, my siblings, I mean, I'm the youngest, so I, I yeah. you know, the youngest grows up differently than the oldest. That's true. So there's no way around that. So how did you end up together? <laughs> or can we talk about that? Whose version? Yeah, that's true. Well, let's see. I'll give my. Uh, well, it, we just we're just gonna do one version. <coughs> Which <be> version? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll take the so. story. <laughs> no, I just. You know, we had this. But the older you get, single, mm-hmm. and you date a lot of people, or not. Sometimes that's also feast or famine. I used to look at people who were married and I think, why did it? Why was it so easy? Like, what, what magic? What do they know? Is there some formula I'm missing? Is there some like, you know? It was just, it was kind of. Awful. You got too smart. No, I don't. They think usually so. do it when they're young and naive. Well, that's be a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Like, no, that's we why had it a works. friend we used to argue with because he would say, if you got married young, it's like you grow up together. Yeah. It's like a startup. And if you get married older, it's more like a merger. Mm, yeah. That's, mm. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but you know, it happens when it happens. And when I met David, we were introduced by a mutual friend, this lovely woman that we love, Natalie. Um, and she was a fabulous violinist anyway, and had been a friend of David's and I was her visiting teacher. So I went up to make an appointment and she introduced me to David and she called me that night and said, Stephanie, this, David Tanner, who I introduced you to today, asked for your phone number, and I wanted to give you some advice. She said, he does not talk about himself very much. And it's not that he's shy. You'll find he's a great conversationalist, but get to know him before you make a decision on whether or not you want to pursue anything. Don't be an idiot, she said. <laughs> Those are like almost exact quote. So, <clears throat> so... Uh, and that turned out to be true. It took me like three or four dates to even know what he did for a living. He was so good at just asking questions to me. And, and, and also, a little bit of background. Sorry, I'm going to have to give the long version. Because you no, this got is, nothing else to do. This is, uh, oh, this is, <laughs> this is awesome. This is good <laughs> so stuff. sorry to everybody folding laundry at home. Okay, so I... Um, Stop, your, in, stop was, folding your laundry and listen. I was in Prague. Exactly. No, 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 that's when I listen to these. I, I was in Prague on September 11th. And, um, and after that, the, the work that I was doing, the funding kind of got diverted. And so we finished that project. And then I came home and I moved back in with my parents. My father, I had been living on my own for years and years, but my father was dying of cancer. Uh-huh. So I moved home to spend the last however long it was with him. But that meant that my ward was in Salt Lake and I lived in Fruit Heights. And not one man who asked me out for the next year 
would drive to get me. Like they were all like, could you just meet me in town? Oh, you know what I mean? And then so this David Tanner shows up for our first date, dressed in a suit with tickets. He'd made reservations. Like I was like, this is a real date. This is a man who knows how to court women. First test passed. Exactly. That's and a fine would, boy he, right there. Fine boy. So true. And within a few months, I was like completely smitten. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's true. In fact, when we were engaged, we were in a mall running an errand and we were holding hands. And a complete stranger came up to us and said, you are glowing. What is going on? We're getting married. Anyway, and I think it was very joyful for our parents. Like he had nieces and nephews with children at our wedding. You know, his parents were in their 80s. Mine were in their 70s. And finally, these very late bloomers. Well, you both look young, but having young kids, I thought you were much younger. Yeah, and I'm kind of immature. You too. Yeah. But time out. Pause that for a second because as you tell this story, I'm going to declare right now for i'm painting a picture for an audio only podcast you're glowing both of you telling the story <laughs> it's been such a happy match yeah. and i'm so grateful uh, i waited i had i had previous opportunities and he had girls way more qualified than me and i'm so glad it didn't work because it's just been really really joyful and i think being married older too we're just like savoring every bit of time with our kids and mm. Yeah. So and did we you traveled a lot independently? So it's not like I feel yeah. the need to go do girl trips. Or I, I don't even know what that that is. I don't quite get that. So once you started dating, uh, how long before you got oh, married? Oh, really easy. Oh, oh how long did it take? This is where the story's very. Okay, this is Dave's part. Are you allowed to tell? <laughs> okay. But that was true. Okay, so I dated almost everybody in the U.S. <laughs> Who's eligible? Some really great women, and I was had been kicked out of the singles ward. I think I can't remember, but I was in a family ward, and I used to go to uh, a sacrament meeting where there were single people because all my friends were married, and couldn't travel or play. And so if I wanted to do anything, I had have to do that. And so one day I went over to the sacrament meeting, and afterwards I saw this girl in a schoolgirl suit and go-go boots. With you mean in a, a schoolgirl suit? <laughs> you mean a plaid skirt? Yeah. <laughs> you don't mean like an insane asylum jumpsuit? That was her. <laughs> it was great. She looked great. She had this cute little plaid skirt on and great legs. And um, so I asked my friend Natalie, who I had dated, because like I said, I dated everybody, and she said she'd introduce me. So I called Stephanie, and she said she'd go out on a date. So we went on a date. It was in November. This one wasn't in a suit. This was just, we went to the Dodo. Oh, yeah, that's right. We went to the Dodo. It was back when it was on Foothill Drive and had dinner, and I had a great time. I was smitten. And so I um, I called back, and she completely deflected me. And so I'd come up with all sorts of schemes. Um, I knew she was in a singles ward, and they'd be doing a service project, and I'd show up, and mm -hmm. this and that. I knew she taught Sunday school, and so I'd show up for class. And, mm -hmm was not nope. going very, wasn't going anywhere. He was chasing you. It wasn't going anywhere. So, <laughs> so in her mind, it had died. So that February, I was post-call. So I'd been up all night at the hospital, but it was the Sundance Film Festival. Wait a minute, I wouldn't say died. Well, 
in my mind, okay. you were trying to kill me. It was on idle anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were on a respirator. So, hey, it's um, David's turn. Okay. So, so we're at... You win, um, you're right, you're right. So I decided, let's get tickets. I, I wanted to get tickets for the film festival. Fun thing to do. So I went down to Trolley. It was early in the morning, and I'm waiting in line, and Stephanie happened to be there. So I started talking to her, and... She said hello and continued a conversation, so that was a good sign. Then I said, do you want to go out for breakfast? And she said, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm a sucker for breakfast. Yeah, so we went out for breakfast, <laughs> and that went, that went all right. So I said, I, I'm just not going to push it too hard. So I said, uh, how would you like to go to lunch? <laughs> and so... The same, same day? day? <laughs> <laughs> I think that week. Oh. <laughs> so, and so we went out to lunch, and lunch went well. And so I said, well, why don't we, why don't, I'm going out of town. Can we go to dinner um, when I get back? And she said, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah we can do that. And so um, I went, um, I was on a scuba diving trip at the Cayman Islands with some um, friends from the ward. And the guy who was rooming with me said, I really like that Stephanie Tanner. And I was... Stephanie Tanner? I mean, oh yeah, Stephanie, Stephanie Ryrie. <laughs> yeah, she was still Stephanie Ryrie. Yeah, don't and, blow um, the end for everybody. And, and he said, yeah. Yeah, here. He said, I just heard from Stephanie. I said, he said she's really bummed because we were there. It was on Valentine's Day. And she said, her boyfriend hasn't done anything for her. He's not doing anything. And suddenly, I was sitting there, I remember it was in bed, and it was dark, and my eyes just shot light, and I was like, she doesn't pay me, she's got a boyfriend, that's a completely different story. Mm -hmm. This is great. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, oh, you weren't the boyfriend at this point? Oh, no. So, um, so, we get home, and I'm sick as a dog. I've got, I get, I get blood in my ears when I scuba dive, it had been a fun trip, and I had a cold, but there was no way I was going to miss the trip. So, I mean, missed the date with Stephanie. So I get home, I can't hear very well. And um, we go, we went to the King Singers, I think, something uh -huh. like that. Yeah. And we drive home. And that was in a suit, picked me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah they dressed yeah. up for that. And I, reservations. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we get home in the driveway, and I've dated a long time, and I'm, a, I'm not a fast mover. I'm, I'm a slow mover. But um, I had her there in, in the car. And um, I said, you know, you just need to know, I really like you. And um, I'm just going to lay my card on the table. I know you're dating somebody, and that's great. I understand that. It gets complicated. But you need to know that I'm really interested in being more than friends. And um, you just need to know that. And I said... Um, Actually, you said... I'm not interested in being friends. I have a lot of friends. <laughs> you got enough friends. I need a woman. He said, I have a lot of friends. And I have a lot of friends that I dated. I'm not interested in that either. I'm just, yeah. Was yeah. this a turning point for you? Totally. Yeah. Like by the time you're that old, that old like the, the fact that somebody could communicate openly about his feelings, lay his cards on the table, that, yeah. he, I was like, uh, this. Very vulnerable. Yeah. Well, because then I found out she was about to tell me she didn't want to see me again, just before I said that. <laughs> oh, so I tagged it right. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is so good. This yeah. is good stuff. Right. Yeah. Can I connect one dot real quick? Uh -huh. I don't want to skip over this because this started because you were setting an appointment to do your visiting yes. teaching. Yep. So 
ministering, visiting, teaching, but now ministering, look what it can do. That's absolutely true. Yeah. 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 Shameless plug. Good one. Good one. I love it. I miss that one. That's absolutely true. So anyway, that's how we started dating within two weeks. Um, well, the problem was the love interest was her working partner. So this kind of threw it, it wasn't really a love interest. It was just complicated. Like we were kind of together and then we'd not be together and then we worked together. But then he'd call me and say, I have, he was in film too. So he'd say, I have a shoot in Italy. Can we go? Yeah. Mm. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I would end up in projects with him in different parts of the world. And he's a good guy. But he missed but, Valentine's. But nothing, well, he's out. nothing was really like, you couldn't tell if we were off or on. And I knew it wasn't marriage material. I knew that. But like by that time, I was just so used to things not working. There's something I'm sure. about having yeah, a buoyant, that makes sense. Like, I needed a little bit more of my dad in me to say like, you know, you can come back. Like, they, they, like, Anyway, good things could still happen. When he was planning to propose, I was on the phone with my sister saying, it's just too good to be true. I was going to dump me. So anyway. I love this. It's a great story. It's perfect. So, so, yeah. so that was in February. We married in September. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We were only engaged 10 weeks. Yeah. 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 So That's fun. Yeah, it was really good. That's so good. That's yeah, so good. It was good. It was good. Well, I, a friend of mine had given me this book. I went on a shoot in LA, and I remember I was in this crappy hotel across from the LA Temple. And I never really like self help books. I'm too prideful, I think. I'm not really, I don't learn very really? well that way. That surprises me. Well, it's the way they're written, you know. I don't mm. need like 15 examples. I just want to know what my example is, and then you just tell me the answer. Okay. So it's more that the style of writing. But my friend had given me this book. How do you how do you know who you want to date in like 15, 15 questions, fifteen minutes or less? That's what it was. And inside, and I'm just telling this because this is good for the youth and the yeah. people searching for their mates. Um, instead of making a list of the kind of person that you want to marry, you make a list of what your best, what you think your strengths are, and what you think your weaknesses are, and then. The kind of person you would need to complement your strengths and weaknesses. Oh, that's good. Become that's good. the best version of yourself. And I had made that list over like a year before I met David, and I had lost it. I had no idea where it was. Never thought about it again. You know, it was just yeah. like a way to pass a Saturday afternoon waiting in LA. And I went somewhere with him, and this time we did have to meet. And I and I suddenly looked in the back seat of my car, and that list was just there. I don't remember putting it there. I don't remember. And I pulled it out and I looked at it and I thought, I would be an idiot to pass up this yeah. guy. He is absolutely the type of person I need to be better. And that really turned it for me. That was not coincidence. Was, no, I don't think it was. Like, mm -hmm. I just really feel like the Lord brought us together. And anyway, we've been really happy. So, David, tell, tell, tell the ward or those that are listening um, a little bit about your profession. Where'd you go to school and... Sure. Um, I went to BYU. Um, I was a zoology major there. And um, then I went to the University of Utah for medical school. At that point, I was going to go into radiation oncology. And so I went to Portland, Oregon and did a year of internal medicine, getting ready for that. Then um, for different reasons, decided um, not to go into the radiation oncology program. <clears throat> 
And so I started a residency in physiatry, which is kind of a non-orthopedic, non-surgical orthopedics, because I wanted to take care of disabled kids. Mm. I thought it'd be fun to run a camp in Vermont or somewhere like that, be the medical director of a camp for disabled kids. And so I started this, um, this residency, and I just didn't like the residency at all. Um, just didn't feel right. And so at that point, I was working at Instacare to pay my bills. I kept living in, in Boston. I'd come to Salt Lake and work so I could pay my rent in Boston because I was having so much fun in Boston. <laughs> it was traveling, it was fun. And um, I was trying to decide what to do. And I was, um, what I wanted to do was work with kids full time because I, I, I love working with kids. And um, I was working at Instacare. One of my friends who'd been in an ophthalmology program had switched and gone into anesthesia and said, you really ought to go rotate um, up at the U and see what you think. And so I went up to the U and I rotated for about a week and found out I could work with kids full time. I could do international work, which I wanted to do. And um, when I walk out the door, my time's my own, which yeah. was important to me as well. And so um, I started anesthesia and did a residency at the U, mm -hmm. University of Utah. Um, and I knew I was going to do uh, pediatric anesthesia. So after my three-year anesthesia training, I went back to Boston and did a year of uh, specialty training in pediatrics at Children's Hospital there and stayed on faculty in Boston. Um, and a job came open at primaries. And it's a, it's a great group, even if it weren't in Salt Lake. It's such a great place to work. Mm. So I feel like I won the jackpot as far as that goes. So I moved back to Salt Lake and I was about a year into practice mm -hmm. when I met Stephanie, maybe about a year and a half. Wow. So we missed out on, we missed out on the... All the salad days together. Yeah, the, yeah. the lean yeah. struggles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we went right for dessert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I can, I can declare that, you know, we, we, my, my daughter had, uh, had to go under and David did the, the, the procedure and what I'm, this is going to shock nobody, but watching David work with the chip, with my little Ivy was just magical. Oh, I love Ivy. And it was just like, man, I'm glad you found, cause you were born to do that. Yeah. And it just, it, it, your mannerisms and just the way you talk to her and, it was just fun to watch you go around and do, I mean, it's just like, okay, this is. So you can see that magic. Well, yeah. Every I mean, Sunday. How about a primary? If you go to primary, <laughs> you would spend money. It's better than a Vegas show, don't you think? <laughs> Seeing Dave with the kids. Yeah. Though I would like uh -oh. to see him in feathers. <laughs> He's good. Hey, Father's Day's coming up. <laughs> and it makes a whole, Sue is in the primary. My wife's in the primary. Oh, I love Sue. And she said, well. Okay, I'm going to have to stop, but she did say how great it is. We have fun. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, but you got to you gotta just poke your head in there because it's a great time. Well, or just watch him lead music in the sacrament yeah, meeting. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's probably going to happen again here for Father's Day. We're so irreverent in primary. <laughs> we just have fun. We dance. We yell. We, yeah, it's very, it's very spiritual. <laughs> well, the kids respond to that love. That's so good. 
fun. Well, let, let's shift this a little bit and talk uh, <clears throat> a little more about your spiritual journey. And we'll start with Stephanie. Um, tell us, tell us when, I'm going to say this a little bit different. When did you have your aha moment when it comes to your spirituality and testimony? Um, how, do, how What does that look like in your life? Um, when I was, um, so my, my parents were really, you know, we had a really strong home where I was, um, from a young age, my, we divided up in family night and my mom would take the younger kids. But once you hit a certain age, you could, you could get into deeper doctrine with dad kind of thing. But I got kind of sick when I was 13 and, um, I started to question like, is, you know, if I got if I'm just sick, like I was kind of bedridden for like six months and they couldn't quite figure out what it was. And I thought very seriously is that is everything I've been taught true. And it's the first time I read the Book of Mormon. So I got a really strong witness quite young and um, knew that I wanted to serve a mission. My mom had served a mission and my dad. And um, I watched all my brothers go and it was just I just, I wanted to, and I didn't want to because I knew I'd get called to South America and I really wanted to go to Russia. <laughs> you know, the USSR, it was so fascinating. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But Russia wasn't open quite yet. Um, so I ended up in Uruguay, which was nice. But, um, and then afterwards, when I was after school, I would say in my 20s, though, is when I really struggled a little bit more always constantly went to church but i see this a lot too with younger younger people is just this attempt to how do i put it just um feel um especially when your life you know when i wasn't getting married and and it was it was a lot easier to just say well maybe this isn't quite maybe my patriarchal blessing is wrong Maybe this isn't quite the path the Lord wants me to be on. But I participated and I went all the time. But then I started working with church more closely. And it's really easy to get critical. And it's really easy also to think that you know a lot. And, you know, started like feeling a little hip. <laughs> feeling like, you know, that was when Sunstone Magazine was, you know, you want to be intellectually um, engaged in the gospel. And I thought that was really important. And... And that was a bit, that, that was the only time where I kind of struggled. And then I started, as I traveled more, I would look at other, I never really wanted to leave the church, but it became so easy to be critical. Mm -hmm. And that affects your ability to feel the spirit and to feel guidance. And so I do remember having a moment very clear where I, the Lord just told me, you have a testimony since you were a child about Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon and no more going through the motions. Just put it all on the table for the Lord. And I remember one of the things thinking is that, okay, if I want to have a different kind of a life, I loved being single and I loved traveling and I loved my life, but also I, it lacked a purpose. It lacked, and time would pass and I had no way to mark it. I wasn't around children. I realized that not being around children and I never really truly felt like I would be a very good mom. So I was afraid to get get married and have children. So it was kind of okay. Mm. It wasn't happening. Like there, it was just, uh, I'm sorry, I'm making it too complicated. No. But the point being is that 
the Lord knew my heart and how complicated all of that felt to me, even though I could probably lay it out and you guys would say it's not that complicated. <laughs> You're drama queen. But anyway, the Lord just reminded me of that early testimony. And then I just started to put things on the sacrificial altar. Like, yeah. I wasn't seeing a lot of R-rated movies, but I was in film, right? And so it felt like... I mean, I was raised in a family where we didn't watch TV Monday through Friday. We were very careful about the media that came in. But I felt that sometimes I'd be in conversations with producers or directors or at PBS meetings and I didn't have frames of references. So I would just, you know, rent a movie and zip through things. And finally, I just told the Lord, I'm putting that, I'm putting that, I'm never going to do that again. And I'm never, you know, anything that's not quite right in my life, I'm just going to fix um, and just really submit the mm. will of the Lord and things didn't change right away it's not like I met David the next week but your my confidence before the Lord grew and grew and grew to the point where I just will not trade that for anything mm. nothing is hip enough nothing's interesting enough nothing's important enough to change a complete and not not to say that I'm perfect by any means but but there's a confidence that you have with the Lord when you're trying to live in a submissive way. Don't you love that you had to work through that? Yeah, I do, I do feel like I, because I think people could say, well, your dad was bishop and you come from this you know, right. line of good members of the church, you know, I just, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And also that question in the scriptures where the apostles say to Jesus, where else would we go? You know, the more I traveled and the more I saw other systems of government and other systems of belief, the more I, I just thought, where, where else would I go? Was Why? it hard on you? Uh, you grew up in a great family in the church, and you always wanted to be a mother, be married, right? And that was well, one of your married, goals. More married than a mother. I was too afraid <laughs> no, but of that. Did, weren't you praying for a family and was, to get married? Yeah, I was praying for. Was it hard that that purpose. wasn't happening? Yes. Oh, yeah. And that could have caused some of your, well, God's not there because he's not answering well, this blessing. Well, I think that it is, it is easy to feel forgotten and what's wrong with me a little bit. But on the other hand, wards, the more you age and you're in singles wards, I think David would agree with this. There's a lot of people who, because things didn't go quite the according to formula, I guess is maybe a sarcastic way to say it, but they dig deep. Like really, really spiritual people who have tried to figure out why they're still in the church when the church seems to be based mm, around families. Point. And so it was, and it's a blessing to be in those wards. Cause I mean, I was able to be in leadership positions that I wouldn't maybe have had in my twenties in mm. another ward. You know, I mean, you get a lot of church experience that way too. So you learn a lot, but, but you're surrounded by people that uplift you and that have dug deep. So those testimony meetings, people are there because their hearts are yearning and that yearning yields some humility, I think. It's so, so good. I really, that was a good experience overall. I, I really believe it. I'm grateful it happened when it happened for us. Stephanie, it's that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yes, it, really, it really Your is. Turn. It Try really to is. That word count. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. Amazing men versus women. <laughs> Quandary. Yeah, your turn to well, get it. Oh, Stephanie, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I always believed things were true. And then um, as I um, was going through high school, there were some um, things that I was um, just thinking about working through. And I thought, 
I don't think um, I don't think I'm going to be able to be in the church. And um, I remember I was at seminary one day, and my seminary teacher um, was talking about something, and he told a story that talked about a lot of the things I was um, um, thinking about. And I went to him afterwards, and I said, why did you tell that story? Because while he told it, the spirit just really hit me. And um, he said, I have no idea. He said, I haven't told that story in other classes. And so I just kind of opened up to him and told him what was on my mind. And he said, you really need to fast and pray and find out if the church is true. And um, I very honestly fasted and I said, I see myself on this trajectory out of the church for different reasons. Um, Heavenly Father, is this, is this true? Because I love it, you know? And um, I got this overwhelming answer. I would have been like 16 or 17, where I knew that it was just this feeling of love that just poured over me. I knew that I had a Heavenly Father who loved me. And I felt this lightness of anything that I'd done wrong being lifted. And I knew then what a savior was in a very <clears throat> real way. And for me, after that, um, it was just a question of integrity. No matter what I did, if I chose to do one thing or another, it wasn't because I didn't know that it was true that I had a savior and that God existed. It was because I wanted to, because he had told me everything I needed to know. And, um, it um, it kind of changed me, got me back on on the right track, um, and and I, I wasn't terrible, you know, but it just I, it, they were legitimate things, and it's just grown on that. But I'd say that that one thing of knowing that God existed and that Jesus was my Savior changed my perspective on everything, and since then, you know, I've come to know that Joseph Smith was a prophet and the Book of Mormon is true and all of those, but the very first thing I knew was that Jesus was my Savior and that they loved me. And since that, I've never vacillated since then. As, as far as that goes, he is... Just all in. Well, I mean, the there's nothing the Savior can't do. Yeah. And... Anyway, that was important for, for me to learn. I'm really grateful that I um, that I had that experience and other experiences, you know, over over the years. But I'd say that was the one that really really got me going in the right in the right direction. So well, I do need to once again identify um, the spirit because it's here. And uh, hearing both of these conversion stories just makes me feel really, really peaceful, loving. You're shining even more. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it really is. And, and you know, we talked about, well, go to seminary, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, keep going you just don't you know where or how or when 
I was not expecting that, and it changed. It. And that seminary teacher probably doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, you just don't know, so you just keep doing good, and you keep doing what? That's just that's so cool. So, tell us a little bit about um, well, your kids and raising them in the gospel. Do you have any? I mean, what does that look like in the oh, Tanner household? You've got amazing well, kids. Oh, they're you good really kids. Do. But they came good, and they've got a great mom. I think that's the secret. Was, oh, so, yeah. But it's a secret. It is a secret. You're the no, secret. We're a team. Formula. Everybody's a team. Yeah, everyone's a team. Our, we've got sweet kids, um, good kids, and we haven't, there's no manual on how to do it the no, right way. No. But um, I, I have always believed that if you try to do what the prophets say to do, that it will be helpful. And I've had siblings who have um, been in and out of the church. I mean, so I know that you can grow up and, and go different directions. Sure. But um, I'd say that we've always been open with the kids. We've tried to have family prayer all the time. When they were little, we tried to read the scriptures on a regular basis, even with the little kid ones. And if anything else, it acted as a springboard to talk about other things. Um, and we still try to do that. They aren't as interested now as they were when they were little. We have to. Well, but, but, I think once they start getting it in seminary, yeah. they say, especially with Come Follow Me, we just had this. No, what did they talk about this? <laughs> you know, yeah. The thing is, they still but, show up. We still up. do it. We they still, still show up. Every... They don't fight us, they show no. up. Yeah. yeah, they're there. We do, yeah. And we do it consistently. I mean, we miss here and there, but. And we're pretty honest about life in general. I don't think that you can just talk religion. I mean, I think we try to talk to them about everything in life, frankly, and with fun, you know. And I think we also tell them that their testimonies are their responsibility, that we're going to love them if they choose something else. But we hope that we're showing them what happy living, where, where the source of that is. I love that. That's a good one. And I remember um, there was a woman in our old ward who said Spencer W. Kimball had told her once that if they had family home evening, every week that there would be angels at their windows um, uh, protecting their children from evil. And that image just was so important to me that we have tried. It's been different. Now, the way the whole program of the church is going, it seems like with Come Follow Me, you're almost having family home evening every night. You know, sure, you're, you're, sure. You're doing stuff like that. But we tried to do that with the kids. And I don't know if it's that that's helped the kids or if it's just our way of showing the Lord that we don't know what we're doing and we need his help and please bless our kids despite us yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. um, to, to be, be good kids. Um, it's working. So anyway, <laughs> it's working. Uh, Whatever you're doing. Oh, uh, you know, it's like I say, it's the mom. That's <laughs> well, and it's no, not, I mean, it's we you both too. have siblings like David said that have taken yeah. other sure, paths. And sure. so, you know, it's not over till we're all, well, you, you, at the very end. you said it, you love them no matter what, and they know that. Yeah. And yeah. they're happy here. They're comfortable. They like coming home. Yeah. They like hanging is, out here. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. we eat a lot of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the best yeah. amount. I love it. <laughs> well, you two are pretty fun. 
you know. <laughs> so like a, I don't know if they no, think there's that. a dull moment. <laughs> Gary, they, they, do they have a zip line here by yeah, chance? Yeah, they've got a beautiful zip line out there. Gary's <laughs> the, the master writer. I told nobody quite dismounts like Gary. <laughs> I told these two that uh, out in the parking lot that uh, last time I came, I left in an ambulance. So be careful. <laughs> so horrible. <laughs> Well, that was not a night that we were very proud of. It wasn't your fault. You I'm the one that fell off. Yeah, I think we need to tell everybody what happened. So I was so excited. Well, I was trying to tighten up the slack and the zip line, and so I called Gary to help me out. But I figured out some way to tighten it up a little bit just before Gary got here. And so I said, Gary, you want to take a trial run? He said, yeah, of course. So This is Dave's so, version. So he's, no, I, keep going. So I <laughs> did I force you on it? No. Okay. Good. I got it willingly. Good. Okay. I so, think I did feel a push yeah. off it though. Oh. Well, Do you remember that? Oh, part you might have that, you mean, I just didn't. I just you didn't mean want. He launched you. Maybe you stumbled over. <laughs> I didn't want you to hit hit your seat on the on the ledge. Was the you spirit told down. me don't do it? Is that true? Really? Well, you felt no, I felt like, yeah, do I don't want to do it. And then uh, I did it anyway. So there's there's oh, a good sorry. story. So I'm watching. When I'm you watching, get a prompting. I'm watching Gary go down and suddenly before he gets to the end, and I hadn't told him that it breaks automatically, which in all fairness, I should have. That's met. okay. Yeah. I should have asked. <laughs> and just and just before, just before it ended, um, you jumped off. He just decided just to dismount himself. Oh my gosh, and you landed, you rolled, you hit and bounced. bounced. You bounced oh. and rolled and landed. I ran out, Gary, are you okay? And I was hoping that you were just going to bounce back up and go, whoa, whoops. But you were like, oh. <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm in trouble. <laughs> this, so he has a contagious bad. laugh. Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he was doing this, and it was funny. Because he, he said I'd bounce, and I wanted to laugh, but I just couldn't breathe. <laughs> I said, hey, quit making me laugh. Call an ambulance. <laughs> the kids were like, what happened? Did we kill Gary Beer? I know. And, and did you have surgery the next day? Yeah, yeah. And with ribs, you usually just watch them, but they were broken so badly. How many ribs did you break? I think four. Oh. But luckily, the guy, the specialist, was there and got them all put back together. But he had to. I'm ready to go again. I mean, he had to screw them together. They weren't just. Yeah, that's typically not how that goes. Yeah, you had. A, uh, yeah. But if you get them screwed together, they heal four times as fast. I'm still so yeah. sorry about no, that. No, not your fault. <laughs> it is a great story, though. I thought the whole summer's blown for you. All those days of with the grandkids oh, yeah. on the boat, and you're going to be cursing the tanners. Every, with every bounce, you, I, you, I have never seen such a lovely example of gracious forgiving. You and Sue have been so kind. Well, I've forgiven that. you, Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> you had nothing I to do with it. Though. I know, I know. We're working, but we're working it out, Gary. Yeah. yeah. No, we love Dave. You guys. Have he, he, nice yeah. He brought me so much stuff. Well, <laughs> I almost need to. Do it again. It's so great. <laughs> oh, we can. When this, this is done, yeah, so we're, we're going to wrap this again. up, and we're going to go try this again. <laughs> the Spirit just told me, don't do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, that was fun. I think we need to uh, finish this with our closing question. We've got, uh, what's the dog's name? This is Moses. Moses is here. Yeah. 
Looks like a big labradoodle. He's a bernadoodle. Bernadoodle. Yeah. Um, but uh, the the question, and I'll start. Um, I'm doing this a little different now. Okay. Okay. So in a hundred years from now, when your posterity, long after we're gone, is listening to this very podcast, I want you to now tell your posterity who David is. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can I just inject one quick thing, though? I oh. was talking to Amelia this morning and saying that you were going to be here, and I said, um, sometimes people answer this last question by saying what advice you'd give, even though that's not the question. I mean, every sure. once in a while, just that, sure. I mean, I don't mean that they don't answer the question properly, but the, but it the, it naturally evolves to that sometimes. And Amelia said, oh, I know what you should say. You should say, Dear future great great grandchildren, if you have any issues, it's from my side. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty you. good. Thank you, Amelia. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's Isn't that good. sweet? Okay, David Tanner is a gift to the world. That's what I would say. He is so good. He's so good to me. He's so good to the kids. You can tell from this podcast that he has to be a really good listener or he wouldn't survive in our marriage. He just oozes kindness. And I remember being young and that Joseph Smith quote that whenever anybody shows him the least bit of kindness, what an effect it has on his soul. And that's how I feel David enhances my soul because he's just faith-based constantly. So whenever I'm worried about something, I'm fretting about something, he is... He just says, the Lord's going to take care of this. Let's find out what he, you know, let's find out what his direction is. And we pray consistently as a family. And a lot of that comes from him. And we, you know, it just, he's honest and upright. And we, is a fantastic communicator. We're able to work through problems together. So it makes our, our marriage really um, joyful. And he's super forgiving. You could keep going, couldn't you? I could, right? actually. I really I could. I could see that. Yeah. No, he's, stop. He's, just, he's listening really well he's now. Just really, he's just really the best thing. Anybody that knows him feels the same thing. That, that, <laughs> I don't know that who love. this person is. So. No. <laughs> no. He's, he's too great. humble to he's say really it himself. He's really intelligent, and then, but he doesn't, he doesn't flaunt it. He's no, a he's modest. Humble. He, he's a really modest guy by nature. Doesn't have to and be, but he. Yeah, I love a million things about him. So anyway. So thank you. That's, that's awesome. A, that's, that's a better a way to ask that. Yeah, that's great. So too. So David, you get to do the same now. Hundred years, people are listening. Your posterity. Be nice. I'll pay you fifty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won the jackpot. Stephanie is um. She, is kind of the soul of everything. Um, she's so much more emotionally aware of situations and is the first one to to think about something that's really helpful and useful and um i just feel so blessed to be loved by her um she still has great legs and she raises great chickens um what else? Uh, we have chickens we, out there? Yeah, we've got chickens out there. Egg we, prices have gone crazy. We yeah, might, yeah. you better lock them up. But, you know, what I've learned with we'll Stephanie, share. and I don't really even ask myself now, if she has a feeling 
about something, I just say, let's do it. Or, I mean, I have learned, I have learned, and unfortunately it took me longer than I wish I had to learn that she is so good that the thoughts that cross her mind are the things to do, what, what, whatever it is. And I've just been blessed to be loved by her. I've been blessed to see her love my kids and to worry about them. I mean, I'm asleep and she's up listening and just the best mom in the world, best wife and just fun to talk to anything from politics to, I mean, current events to church stuff um, or what we're going to do for exercise or you talk about that a lot. Yeah, we talk, a lot. talk and yeah. talk. Anyway, I love she's it. Just, she's just a, such a beautiful human. Those are just yeah. thank you, honey. Fantastic. So we all agree. Very yeah. nice of you. To Both of you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for having us. This yeah. has been oh, awesome. We love these podcasts. We love listening to every it's, one it's you've interviewed. It's so fun. It, People are, we have, we have people a, in the this ward, this neighborhood. Uh, it all been yeah. fun. Nobody can move. So, I can agree. we get that commitment? I agree. Okay. Yeah, we're here. All right. With that, see you next week. <laughs>